Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and happy Halloween. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. The second hour of uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsink. And with me, high in the top of her penthouse, <laughs> is the queen of East Bridgewater, the blonde bombshell, and Kerrigan. Oh, good evening, everybody. Oh, my goodness. I've been elevated to queen. Queen. I suppose, you know, well, whatever. Do you remember Liz- queen for a day? Lizzie and I are queens, you know. Do you remember Have queen for a day? Queen for a day. Yeah. No. What's that? Oh, my God. That was a show for like 100 years. Ah. On, on okay. black, black and white TV, I think. <laughs> queen for a day. Before whatever. my time, dear. Before my time. Mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, happy so, Halloween, everybody. How are things there in uh, East of Bridgewater Water uh, with the uh, pandemic? Oh, Is, it's... you locked down or uh, what? No, well, we're not locked down. We're in the red still. Trick or treat uh, going on? Yes, it is. I'm there giving out candy. Mm. I'm passing okay. your germs around. Good girl. I know. I'm not passing my germs. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell no, you. I don't. I am having a clothesline, a candy clothesline. I'm going to put little treats into bags, and I'm going to clip them with clothespins on a big clothesline strung between shepherd's crooks on the front of my lawn. Kids Sweet. can just come along. Steal them take, all. Take that little bag. Oh, first, no. First one's I'm, you. Grab them all. Oh, no, sir. I will be out there monitoring Shotgun. the little gremlins. Yeah, get the little buggers. There's no way. And I'm going to have a cattle prod, so if they take more than one, I'm going to zap them. Good thinking. Is that the same one you use in your husband? Put that back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Exactly. So we have a guest tonight. And as you know, if you listened to last week's show, we had uh, the butcher from uh, Ghost and Gravestones Key West. And he recommended that we talk to uh, his counterparts up here in Boston. Ghosts and Gravestones, Boston. And joining me now is one of the movers and shakers of Ghosts and Gravestones, Gravestones, Boston. I was doing so good, too. (laughs) He is uh, Chris, oh, crap, Crompton. Did you get that right? that that is correct. Chris Crompton. Hi, good evening. Damn, I'm good. Oh, wow. He had an easy name. I am on fire. Van Helsing got it. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know it's a busy season for you, especially Halloween week. So it 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 is. Um, Well, it's a it's a pleasure to be with you. And yes, you you're absolutely right. This is a this is the season of uh, witching and warlocks. This is the uh, season that the whole year really runs up to. We're you know we're we're busy all year round, but this is this is the peak. Mm. Mm Hmm. 
And so has this little uh, virus inconvenienced uh, you at all? Uh, inconvenience is probably the understatement of the year. Nah. Um, Isn't that spoken yeah. true British, though? Uh, I I am originally from the UK. That That is correct. I'm from the north of England. Uh, but I've li lived all over the world, and we moved here to the States uh, 10, 10 years ago, pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, just at the very beginning of 2011, we moved here. Mm -hmm. um, spent a bit of time in San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and moved here to Boston about 18 months ago. Oh, my goodness. A so newcomer. It, it's, isn't that the, the British way to be understating, uh, you know, a little inconvenience? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is very true. Um, very, and inconvenience is a, is a good word for it. It's, uh, I mean, this, this whole pandemic, the situation has decimated the yeah. travel and tour, tourism industry uh, yeah. globally, you know, not, not just here in the U.S., right. but globally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, understandably, we, we have to be careful. We have to uh, look after our cast as well as the guests, the people who have come to visit. And, of course, operating within the restrictions um, set out by the governor and the state of Massachusetts. So a lot of capacity restrictions in terms of how many people we can put on a vehicle, how many people we can take out in a group. Uh, of course, all the social distancing to make sure even when we have got groups of people, we space everybody out appropriately, uh, make sure everybody's wearing masks, disinfecting uh, everything. God bless I mean, that's, I mean God bless that's the challenge. You know, disinfecting the undead is not easy at the best of times. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trust me, I know. <laughs> what? Um, I don't know if you've ever tried Clorox on a zombie. It doesn't work well. No. no. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, uh, how long has Ghost in Gravestown's Boston been around? Well, we started doing, we, we started here in Boston uh, with the regular tours about 30, 35 years ago now. Oh, wow. And we launched, yeah, we launched Ghosts and Gravestones in 1997. So it's 23 years wow. it's been around. That's awesome. How come you and I haven't gone on this thing, Ann? I have no idea. No idea. It's well, in our backyard. I know. Damn. We've got to do it next year. Yeah, we could do a live. We'll think of that one. Oh, oh that, that would be fun. Oh, that would be all right. Anyway, um, so you have a trolley I, as well, right? That's how you run your tours. Yep. And we do. That must, yeah. That must be scary in itself, driving through Boston streets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it can be. Um, our yeah, our our drivers have a uh, a thicker skin than most. Yeah, um, I guess they do. Yep. Yeah. Drive. Ron, have you ever gone on a duck tour, Ron? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, because that's terrifying. So I would think a trolley would be equally terrifying. <laughs> well, especially when you're dressed up in, well, I assume they're costumes unless they're real. Are your creatures are. real or are they, they actors? They're, they're, they're actors. We, uh, I mean, we oh. tried using real demons, but the problem is that uh, Real demons, their timekeeping is terrible. <laughs> uh, you, you just can't rely on them, especially not on a you know on a weekend evening. They've, they've got much better things to be doing. So we have <laughs> to get rid of all the demons and replace them with uh, actors. Damn yeah. it! Well, 
Lots of politicians to possess. So tell us a little bit about uh, some of the tours that you guys offer. Sure. Well, the the popular tour this time of year, obviously, is the Ghosts and Greystones tour. Mm-hmm. We have a fantastic cast of characters. They are these are all professional um, actors. Oh, I don't know what you call them. Professional actors, charlatans, undead, <laughs> um, who uh, entertain and you know ed- entertain and educate uh, as we go around Boston. So the the Ghosts and Gravestones tour runs in the evenings. We have you know a variety of departure times. Obviously, in winter, we bring it a little bit earlier because it's uh, the sun's setting sooner, and in the summer, we tend to drop the tours back a little bit. Uh, but each tour, it lasts roughly 90 minutes, and during that, you will be entertained by a full cast of characters. We have exclusive after-dark access to three of the oldest burial grounds, not just in the city, but in the oh. nation. Um, we take people off the trolley into these burial grounds. We go into the King's Chapel, uh, the Granary, and, of course, Pops Hill, Love all it. of which are not just suitably uh, creepy at night, but have uh, verified hauntings and uh, oddities uh, going on after dark there. And we, you know, we, we work with the city of Boston. We have the keys, so we can take people in there and tell That's them amazing. stories and show them around the graveyards. That is lovely, lovely. We definitely I, get to do this. Uh, I love all those cemeteries, all of them. I'm a cemetery uh, fanatic. <laughs> so there, those are just such beautiful, beautiful cemeteries, too. They are. There's some great stories, um, you know, about the ceremony, uh, the, um, the, the gravestones and the the people who've been buried there and some of the uh, odd things that happen. And our, you know, our, our characters do their best to bring them to life, as it were. If, if, <laughs> if you can bring the undead to life, they, sure. they do it yeah. uh, very, very well. So, so what's, what's one of your, your favorite stories? You don't have to give us the whole story, but give us a, a synopsis of it. Uh... Well, I, I mean, there's a, there's a number of stories that are um, both real-life stories as well as um, stories that may have just uh, kind of Legends. developed over the years and you, you, you're never quite sure whether they're actually um, true or not. So, yeah, we, we, we talk about a number of uh, people on the tour, people that, you know, not everyone may have heard of. You know, there's people like Jane Toppen. I, I don't know if you know of Jane Toppen. No, I don't think so. So Jane Toppen... Um, or as she was more commonly known, Jolly Jane Topham, is one of the most prolific serial killers from Boston that nobody's ever heard of. Oh! Um, Nice. Yeah, she was a character. I mean, she was born born in 1854. Um, She confessed to 31 murders. Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, people believed that it was potentially in three digits the number of people she killed. Oh, my God. What was her yeah. modus operandi? She was a nurse. Oh. oh. 
Yeah, she was a nurse, and she had this thing about trying to, as, as she called it, seeing into the soul of her victims. Mm-hmm. Um, and she used to experiment in the, the hospital. She worked at, I mean, she was a highly recommended nurse. She worked at uh, Mass General for a while. Oh, my God. Uh, I think I, I had her when I was there. <laughs> she, um, uh, she, she experimented with... Uh, uh, administering opiates, morphine, uh, atropine to her patients to see what happened. Oh. And, and she'd spend considerable time uh, alone with the patients. You know, she got away with it for years, making up false charts. And she actually was disciplined several times because she'd be caught actually in bed with her patients. You know, oh. she'd inject, yeah, she'd inject them with this mixture of chemicals so they were sort of hovering around consciousness, you know, half half alive, half dead, and oh. she would get into bed and cuddle up with them, yeah. um, <laughs> oh. you know, allegedly gaining some sort of uh, thrill from her patients being so close to death and, you know, coming back to life and dying again and so on. And, you know, she'd, she'd hold them close as they died. Oh, God, that's so sick. Sweetheart, I'm sure I had her now. <laughs> now it's all coming back. It's all coming back to him. <laughs> oh god. Lord! Oh my God! Uh, Chris, what is your character on the tour? I I have to confess, I don't actually play a character. I'm oh good grief! I'm not good enough for that. Uh, uh, the uh, but the, the guys that we have playing characters are just phenomenal. Um, and they they really get into their characters and, uh, um, you know, take over. You know, we've got our... What, what are um, some of these characters, uh, Chris? Yeah, I'd like to well, know. I was looking for it on the website. I couldn't find it. Oh, we've got a whole bunch of them. We've got um, Anthraxicon is our, <laughs> our demon in chief and herder of souls. Oh. And you know, in Demon and Chief, herder of souls, and I guess occasional herder of lost sheep as well. <laughs> um, we have Stella Morgan, who are is a, a undead Victorian magician. Uh, another gentleman called Jonathan Goodspeed, who is a 17th century mortician. Nice. Uh, Bernard Kingsley, a uh, uh, a grave robber, very very disturbing character is Bernard. <laughs> um, we have uh, Mildred the Butcher Baines, who oh. uh, her character she's an inn owner. Think uh, think Sweeney Todd, but without the uh, without <laughs> the singing and dancing. <laughs> oh, um, they sound great. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's very very real cast of characters, and every one of them is just. Absolutely fantastic, and they really immerse you in the whole experience right from the word go. Nice. Ah, oh, sounds phenomenal. Yeah, so, we need to get there next year. Yeah, we definitely need to do that. In so, what occurs on these tours? I mean, you know, we, you, you round up your your victims and you put them on the trolley. Yeah. So, how do what happens next? So we we as you. Uh, quite accurately say we we round them up and uh, <laughs> uh lock them into lock them into the trolley and uh put some chain on the doors 
And then it, it, it's really, you know, we, we, we call this a, a, a fright scene tour and uh, <laughs> we get around, but the, the truth is it's a, it's a theatrical performance, you know, pretty much right from the word go. Oh, wow. So we will we'll start off with a drive through some of the streets of Boston with the um, actors t- telling stories and um, really getting to know people and uh, explaining their character and giving people a hint of uh, what's to come. And then we make our first stop at the first uh, burial ground, uh, depending on which route we're taking and how many tours are going out. So, for example... If we're going to Cocktail Burial Ground first, we'll stop in the North End and just have a, a short walk up the hill there and take people. You know, we, we have the keys to the burial ground, so we take people into there. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll spend some time in the burial ground, um, letting people have a little look around. But also, it's a, it's a guided experience as well. So we're, we're talking about some of the more... Uh, interesting aspects of the burial ground. Oh wow! Uh, some of the, you know, some of the things that people don't necessarily think of immediately, and as well as dealing with some of the old, you know, anecdotes where things are, you know, there's so many stories surrounding the the history of these things that you don't know whether they're they're 100% true or not true, and. You know, one of the stories, for example, about the, the Cotsville burial ground, and there may be some truth in it, is that the origination of the term saved by the bell uh-huh. came out of one of these burial grounds, possibly Cops Hill. Um, and this came about when you go back a couple of hundred years. When people died, they weren't always necessarily dead. Mm-hmm. Um, they may have just been quite poorly, but they weren't involved at that time. Well, yeah, medicine at the time, you know, not being what it is these days, people were often buried while they were still alive. God, and, you know, one one of the um, burial a burial ground like Cotswolds over the years, <laughs> many of the graves have been moved, many of them have been disturbed. So a lot of the graves and the coffins were actually dug up and opened at various periods of time during its history. And one of the things they noticed on a um, scarily high percentage of the coffins that they opened, they would find scratch marks on the inside. Oh, no. Yeah. The more well-to-do of society when they were buried mm-hmm. uh, beside their grave would be a pipe running down to the coffin with a piece of string mm-hmm. inside the coffin and at the top of the pipe would be a bell oh and if they woke up inside their coffin they would ring the bell <laughs> and the person who was on the graveyard shift the, <laughs> the late night shift <laughs> would, of course, rush over and, uh, in theory, immediately dig them up and rescue uh-huh. them. Uh-huh. In theory. <clears throat> now, whether that happened or not, who knows? But uh-huh. it, it's another one of these great stories. That, you know, there's, there's just enough of the ring of truth in there. Mm-hmm. No uh-huh. I, I would really love to know about an actual story of someone, because you hear that, 
I have heard that story a lot about the bells and you have yeah. to wonder anybody actually ever get dug up after they rang the bell. I don't know. If they I rang don't the bell. You know, you'd think that they'd just die from lack of oxygen before they'd ever get a chance to well, ring the bell. Well, if they the ran bell. a pipe up through the thing, there would be some oxygen, I would imagine. Yeah. If it was a yeah. pipe. I don't know. You know, it's it's one of those where there's enough there's, there's enough possible truth there. You know, maybe uh, it's been um, changed over the years slightly, but there's enough in there to think hmm, maybe, maybe. And you, you can certainly believe um, medicine from two, three hundred years ago certainly oh, yeah. wasn't what it was today. And you know, what what are the chances of somebody being buried when they were in a coma or? Uh, Right. Um, at a very low heart rate, it could have happened. You mm-hmm. know what? We'll have to try that when Steve comes over from Wales. We'll <laughs> see if we have enough time to dig him up. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love that. They did that on Most Haunted. You know, they buried uh, a couple of them underground. Oh, God. Anyway, wow. back to yeah, the, the real stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever go into the uh, central burying ground, Chris? Well, we go, so the, the three we use are the Granary, uh, Cox Hill, and King's Chapel. Um, I mean, the Granary is wonderful. Uh, oh, there's so many interesting uh, headstones and stories about, uh, you know, just the famous people that are buried in some of these places, you know, mm-hmm. all of the older. Uh, Revolutionary heroes, Paul Revere, Sam Adams, James Otis, they, they're all there, John Hancock, you know. But the people, I, as a Brit, I don't normally talk about these people. Uh, <laughs> they're all there. You know, you, you've got the big central uh, tombstone in the granary, which is Benjamin Franklin's parents. Parents. Um, a, a memorial to them. And, you know, there's just there's so much history. Um and, and you know, there's a there's a few oddities in there as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, my I, that's one of my favorite cemeteries. And uh, my husband, so I'm a, a very big cemetery person. My husband is not, so he usually goes across street to the the pub. The it's the bean yeah. is it the bean pot? What's across bean the street? Town. Bean Town, Bean Town pub. Yeah. He's like, all right, I'll be in the Bean Town. Just. Come meet me when you're done. That's that's his favorite kind of cemetery exploring. <laughs> it, he, yeah, he's, he's got a, he's, a, he's obviously a man of good taste and judgment. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we, we've seen all sorts of odd odd things in in the burial grounds. You know, over the years, um, you know, one of our uh, one of our actors was in there one night with a a group of uh, people and. Uh, take them through the burial ground and uh, in, in this was actually in the granary in, in one corner they saw a tent and really? thinking, what earth is this tent there for and they, they went over there and of course they, they went over there with the intention of like hey guys come on yeah you shouldn't be in there and as they uh, well didn't quite knock on the door but kind of wrapped <laughs> on the, the sheet of his tent and there's a bunch of hippies in there trying to commune with the dead Straight up my alley. I love it. <laughs> it was Ron and Leslie and no, not me. <laughs> Commune with the dead. 
Okay. So is, is so Chris on your tours? Is any of your clients uh, ever uh, reported anything to you about paranormal experiences at all? Well, yes, yes, absolutely, yes, but also the actors as well. Really? Oh. Um, yeah, and th this is where we kind of get a strange little crossover where obviously when we bring people on board, we, we bring them on board as actors and there are a, you know, a, a, I, I guess proportionate amount of them are suitably skeptical and, oh, yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just an acting gig and we'll go into a burial ground and tell creepy stories and I don't believe in all of that and it'll be mm -hmm. fine. But there's there's been a few times now where, you know, actors have almost almost become converts um, to the, the, the field of um, the surreal because things have happened. Um, we had... Uh, there was one period, probably in the late 2000s, I, I was talking to some of our guys about this earlier today. Mm -hmm. um, in the late 2000s, 2008, 2009, um, there was a, one of our actors took people into uh, Cops Hill. And they, they walked into Cops Hill with a group of people in the evening and it was dark. And the actor could see uh, an elderly woman over by one of the headstones, kneeling down, looked like she possibly had a candle, um, kneeling down by the, uh, the headstone. She, she didn't, you know, she wasn't causing any uh, trouble or anything, so the actor just kind of didn't really pay much attention to her, just carried on doing her tour. I hate to uh, do this to you, Chris, but we've got to take a break right now. A cliffhanger. So, to hear more about what happened to this... Sure. Is kneeling down, you'll have to hang on after the break. So, anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan Carrigan and Ron Kolick right here on Tojinet and Pararex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. And we'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with our special guest this evening from the Ghosts and Gravestones Old Town Trolley Tours of Boston, Chris Compton. Whew, that was a mouthful. Hi, good evening. <laughs> Hi. No, we before, have to continue this story. <laughs> yeah. You were just before the break, you were on a tour and one of your uh, hosts Sorry, old woman kneeling down is is that where I left off? Where you left off? Or yeah, yes. So we've got a one of one of our um, actor guides is uh, has taken this group of people into Cops Hill. Uh, you know they, they've used the key, they've opened up the chains on the gates. You know nobody else can get in there after dark. That's uh, so cool. And right, they see this elderly woman, or what looks like an elderly woman kneeling down at one of her headstones looked like she might have a candle or something. Um, now, the actor, he, he obviously a little bit concerned, but she's, she's got a group of people, a big group of people with her um, that she's, she's got to tell. So she's telling the stories and told the stories, explained to people what was happening and just asked them, you know, hold on a minute, yeah, have a little look around. And she went to walk over to where she'd seen this elderly woman, nobody there. Mm. So, nothing at all. Very creepy, but okay, uh, well, you know, maybe I was seeing things. Maybe, you know, somebody left or whatever. This happened every night <gasps> to different actors for the next two weeks. Oh, my God. Every night. That is wow. <gasps> Do they know what grave she was next to? Nobody could figure it out. It was they, they figured out the area, which yeah. corner of the um, burial ground it was, so we could narrow it down to maybe four or five graves. Mm-hmm. But no, that never, you know, it was never accurate enough. Because to be honest, and I was talking to the guys about it today, by the end of the two weeks, they wouldn't go in there. So, you know, they'd be saying, hey, come on, yeah, we're going to go in there tonight and figure out where she's going. Nope, nope, not, not going in there. No, nope, oh, I'll, I'll go to the granary tonight. I'm not going in there. Oh, oh I'd love that. Oh, that would be, uh, to, to us, it's exciting. We're like, yes, yes. Oh, oh that's neat. So, yeah, so we have some of, some of our guys who were actors are, yeah, I, I guess you could call them converts now. Yeah, they, they've seen they've seen some odd things there. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that's that's crazy. Cops Hill is the only Boston burial ground I have not been to yet. I, it's just oh, it's, you know, it's very cool. Yeah, uh, I know it's and it's it's probably the it's probably the oldest. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna make it. One of these days. <laughs> I tell you, we'll go to the tour and uh, we'll 
Yeah, well, perhaps... you, you, if, if you look at Copse Hill, you'll see it's um, it's raised up mm-hmm. from the roads all around it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's not because the roads have sunk. Um, mm-hmm. That's because there's only in a city like Boston, uh, even if you go back a few hundred years, there's only a finite amount of space you can bury bodies. So when you've already filled the cemetery at once, where do you put the next row of bodies? Well, you put them on top. And then you put them on top again and again and again. And it's said that there are as many as seven or eight layers of bodies underneath Copse Hill. Wow. And nowhere near that many gravestones. So who knows? Who knows who's in there? (laughs) <laughs> a lot of the gravestones are actually, if you if you stand in the middle of Copse Hill burial ground and uh, just look around, you'll actually see a lot of the gravestones. Oh, really? They, they've been stolen over the years, and they were actually used in the foundations and in the structure of a lot of the houses around Ah, there. yes. Yep. They did used to do that. Yeah. Those those uh, frugal Puritans. I know the Puritans who tried to ban Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I think they they wanted to ban everything. But actually, it was banned uh, at one time. Really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Couldn't have Christmas. Uh, it's okay with me. Sorry. So the the three cemeteries you mentioned are, are burial grounds. Are they are they public cemeteries or? They they are during the day. So yes. if, if you want, I mean, if you just want to go in there during the day, um, absolutely, you, you can just go in there. But as a, no, as are they owned by the city of Boston? Is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Ah. Uh, okay. So in Boston, do you know? Uh, are there any uh, um, uh, church? What do you call church cemeteries? I always get that screwed up. Uh, cemeteries and graveyards. Graveyards, yes. Are there there are many graveyards? You know, because they, especially in England, coming from England, they used to bury you know a lot of people next to the churches. It, it, it's is that way in Boston at all? Um, yes, yes, and no. The, yes, the, the the religious aspects to. Um, death and burial played a huge part in the, the history of the city, um, especially with the colonialists and the sort of development of the city. Um, but do you, do you want to have a guess where the most, um, or arguably the most, uh, bodies are buried in the city of Boston? No clue, Janet. I, I yeah. know. I know. Boston Common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, the whole yeah. the whole common. Those poor swan boats I mean, <laughs> floating over dead bodies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back back in the day, Boston Common wasn't just a uh, a park for recreation and uh, colonialists to uh, you know stroll around enjoying. The I thought it was a pasture a originally. Food. Well, yeah, I mean, originally there was pasture, and obviously if you go to the south of Boston, you have the whole cow pasture, but um, Boston Common was where they hung everyone. Yep. Uh, that Boston I Common know. was, you know, it was, it was an area of land, and if you've got a dead body, some land and a shovel, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 
Yeah. That's that's a, so. Where you where do you get your information for the the stories and the history of of these uh, tours? Oh, all all over. It's a uh, it, it's a you know it, it's a combination of the the factual um, Wikipedia type uh, type information for um, dates and places and what have you. Um, obviously, the you know, the the internet and all. It's a fantastic resource these days. Yeah. You know, going back 20 years, it was libraries and pulling books down from libraries. These days, of course, it's all available online. Right. Um, a lot of it is really, I, I guess it's not necessarily pop culture, but kind of hand-me-down culture. Mm. Um, you know, so legends, basically. Handed, yeah, handed down from generation to generation. Urban um, legends. Yeah, we you know we we get a lot of people who come on our tour um, are connected in one way or another to uh, something or, or have been studying or fascinated in something that we talk about or something that we uh, deal with, and quite often they will help us with uh, you know fleshing out some of the information. Yeah, you know, we we had, I mean there, there was one one particular uh, tour. And this sounds bizarre, but we had one particular tour where on that tour we had both we had relatives of both Albert DeSalvo oh, and relatives of one of his victims. Oh, no. On the same tour. Wow. For those from, well, not in the Boston area, uh, Albert DeSalvo was the Boston Strangler. Supposedly, yeah. Well, he was convicted, so he was yeah. the Boston Strangler. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> till well, they unconvict him. <laughs> right. But, wow. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we obviously we, we talk about the, the the Boston Strangler, and we we stop right outside the um, the building where uh, one of his uh, uh, victims was found um, on Charles Street there. And uh, you know we we talk about uh, Albert de Salvo, uh, you know, is, because it is an interesting story. I mean, to this day, while there was DNA evidence that he was um, guilty of at least one of the sexual assaults, mm-hmm. there was never actually any evidence other than his confession, which he then recanted. There was right. never any actual evidence that he killed anyone. Yeah. Never mind that's... about that. I killed them all up. Never mind about that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's why I threw that out there because there was some question about it. But... Yeah, there's definitely question. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions. And, and rightfully so, a lot of people who have been convicted have been uh, proven innocent, uh, which is one of my pet studies. I mean, there was this guy who was in prison for 30-some-odd years, and DNA proved it. He didn't do it, and they released him. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even get compensated for that. That is pitiful. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally yeah. pitiful. I'm sorry, I didn't get mean to get on my high horse. <laughs> <laughs> get down off so, yourself. You, you know that Albert DeSalvo, uh, one, of, one of the facts about him, he was almost um, honored by the Texas House of Representatives. Really? For... Yeah. So... It, this was back in the 70s, um, back in, I, I think it was 1971, it was the early 70s. Yeah. Um, 
there was a, a representative in uh, Waco, Texas, uh, Tom Tom Moore, I think his name was, and he he was getting you know really fed up with his fellow legislators um, just passing bills and resolutions without even bothering to read them or understanding. You know, they they just vote yes or vote no, and you know life would move on. Mm-hmm. So in 1971, he actually introduced a bill um, honoring Albert DeSalvo for his um, dedication and commitment towards population control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and of course, it, it was voted. They, they passed it. They, oh, you know, all of the legislature in Texas all voted for this to name Albert DeSalvo <laughs> as an honorary you know, patron of population control. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Great, oh, God, that's funny. Story. So, if ever you wanted some faith in the politicians, yeah, yeah nothing's yeah, right. changed. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, not yeah. at all. Do you, no. do you know, speaking of both politicians, do you know that uh, not guilty by insanity was actually, uh, that plea was in, invented by uh, politicians after one of them really? killed, uh, killed uh, the lover of uh, his wife? <laughs> wow. Anyways, uh, it's wow. called Ghost and Gravestones. Do you have a good ghost story for us? Oh, well, I, I mean, we, we talked about several um, ghost stories. I, I think... I you know, know, the whole thing, but r- roughly when... There's, um, yeah, there's the stories, uh, obviously, there's the, uh, the, haunted, the, the haunted lighthouse, um, which I, I won't go into too much detail on that one, but okay. there is a there is a haunted lighthouse off the uh, uh, coast of Boston in the uh, harbour on one of the islands <laughs> that is, in theory, technically, it's the only haunted place in the country because it is the only haunted place in the country where actual records of hauntings were. Um, made by Navy lighthouse keepers. And because the records of the hauntings and the sightings were made by Navy personnel, that means they are an official government record. Therefore, it's the only place where there is an official government record of a haunting. Wow. We have... Yeah, uh, you, what you don't know, Chris, is that I am actually I was actually uh, chairman of the Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse and uh, a member yeah. of the American Lighthouse Foundation board. Uh, so I know a lot of g- good stories on lighthouses. But uh, one of the uh, the I guess I see what you're saying it was officially on that. Uh, but there was also um, the Greenbrier Ghost, and I believe it's North Carolina, was the first time that a man was convicted by the testimony of a ghost. So that's another. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good story. Yes, you're right. You're right. Yeah, um, so, I, I so, mean, you know, not, not quite a lighthouse, but obviously you've got the, uh, um, the, the story of a lady in black. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the ghost of a lady in black who still haunts uh, Fort Warren. Yeah. Uh, yes. The, uh, uh, allegedly, you know, uh, 
what, well, not just allegedly, but tragically tried to uh, save her husband, who had been uh, imprisoned. He was a Confederate soldier, mm-hmm. imprisoned at Fort Warren, and she uh, wasn't prepared to accept his capture, and she put her, her plan into action to try and free him. And, you know, one night she, as the story goes, she boarded a small boat uh, along with a trusty pistol and a rope and a pickaxe uh, that she was going to use to dig him and, you know, rescue, dig him out and rescue all the other uh, prisoners. And uh, Mm -hmm. she'd got word to her husband that she was planning this daring escapade and she waited offshore in her boat in the stormy darkness and... uh, at the perfect moment, her husband whistled, so she knew this was a time. So disguised as a man, she broke into prison and uh, met up with her husband. And they freed several other p- prisoners and started trying to tunnel out using this pickaxe. But, of course, they were caught. Um, Union soldiers caught them. And they ended up in a, a standoff. And as the, the story goes, the you know the Union soldier and um, um, uh, uh, Melanie got into a uh, a struggle. Her gun went off and killed her husband. Her beloved ah! husband died right there in front of her. Aww. You know her, her, her life was shattered as she you know watched the life drain out of his body and he uh, succumbed to a bullet wound. She was arrested, uh, obviously, immediately for trying to aid her husband and the other prisoners for escaping and sentenced to death uh, by hanging. And she was still wearing her masculine clothes, her her, uh, disguise. So she had one request, which was to uh, have the dignity of dying in a woman's clothes. And so they, they had no women living at the fort, so they had no women's clothes. So... All they could find was a, a black, you know, a simple black gown to for her to wear in a, a last moment. So she was hung, and then she was buried on the ground, still wearing that black dress. Mm. And Aww. since then, she has allegedly been seen walking aimlessly around the fort, you know, still, still wearing that same black uh, dress. She, you know, forlornly and longingly moves around, mourning her husband. Um, and the, the, the sightings, by all accounts, have only increased in frequency, you know, and obviously that's where she picked up the name The Lady in Black. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, if people want to find out more about your tours and, and book them, where, where can they go for that, Chris? So, ghostsandgravestones.com. It's all, all one word, ghostsandgravestones.com. We've got all the tour information on there. Uh, you can see uh, some pictures of our characters are on there. Yeah, we, we have a lot of information about the tour and some of the uh, uh, haunted areas, you know, including you know, places like the Omni Parker Hotel and places like that. Ooh. Um, yeah, I actually investigated that. That was a cool place. Yeah, very, very. So ghostsandgravestones.com. You've also got, you can see, um, what tours are available because, you know, one of the uh, challenges we have is tours do sell out. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see what tours are available and what uh, tickets are available when we're running. Um, we're also on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as Ghosts and Gravestones Boston. Um, we, we post quite a lot of material on there, so there's always something going on. 
Uh, and again, we'll have a lot of our characters on there. Uh, Excellent. So if you're not sure who um, the different characters are or you know, what they kind of look like, just look us up on Facebook, Ghosts and Gravestones Boston. And these tours are not just at Halloween. They're all year round, correct? Absolutely. The, we, we don't run tours on Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day. Um, but other than uh, Boxer that, Day. Uh, yes, we do. Yeah. Oh, you're doing do. Boxer. Oh. Um, but it, it, it depends. You know, a lot of it, especially right now with the uh, reduced capacity and reduced visitation because of a pandemic, we right. don't necessarily run every night. Um, so the easiest way to find out if there are tours running is just really to log on to the website or have a look at Facebook and all the details are there when the tours are running. You know, really for the winter, we're looking probably at running tours Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights um, mm -hmm. until it starts to warm up a little bit again. And once <laughs> we get into March, we're doing seven nights a week with, um, you know, as many as 15, 20, 25 tours a night. Oh, God bless you. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. We, we have a lot of ghosts. How many, how many trolleys do you have? Lots. Um, <laughs> lots. <laughs> lots. We we have a whole um, a whole garage full of trolleys and uh, lots of ghost actors. Uh, you know, we've got almost uh, probably almost about 20, 20 actors who uh, oh, um, awesome. work for us, and then of course all the the uh, ghostly drivers who take everybody around town. You know, it's a it gets busy. I mean, if you are, if you're in Boston on Halloween or or even Friday night or Saturday night, and um, you you want to see a spectacle, wander down to Atlantic Avenue, where uh, we 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 start and finish all our tours um, adjacent to the Marriott Long Wharf there, oh, yeah. uh, 200 Atlantic Avenue, and you'll you'll see the the hustle and the bustle and the buzz um, and plenty of actors because we you know we. Everybody gets kind of like a almost like a little pre-show where we're mm -hmm. warming the crowd up on the on the sidewalk before they get on board. Yeah, oh, sweet, that's awesome. nice. Yeah, and I and I I am sorry that I I couldn't find it earlier when I was looking at your website. But if you want to see the characters, it's under Meet Our Grave Diggers. I find yeah. I finally found it. I'm like, oh, there it is. So there's some really cool, creepy-looking characters there, and you should check them out. Very and they're a, they're a fantastic uh, bunch. They they really are very, very committed to what they do, and they, they just put on a great show. Uh, so as the, the weather turns colder, how should people dress? Warmly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> warmly, but may, maybe not with big black gowns, because people all think you're the uh, lady in black. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it it does get chilly out there, um, and of course with the uh, um, COVID uh, issues right now, we do keep windows open on the trolleys even when it gets cold. You know, we want to keep the fresh air moving through the trolley to uh, keep everyone safe. You know, to, uh, we we've got to do it. So, absolutely, wrap up warm hats, scarves, gloves, mittens, and of course masks. You've got to wear a mask. Yes, you do. Yep. Wow. So your ghosts and gravestones are also, I know we had Key West on last week. There's also, I see, so there's one in Savannah and yep. St. Augustine yep. in San Diego. 
That's very cool. There is. There is. It's nice. very popular. Um, you know, people people enjoy this uh, this type of entertainment, and it's it's a lot of fun. It really is. I, you know, I. I could portray myself as the biggest skeptic around, but you know what? I, I do these tours. I really enjoy them. Uh, it, you can just sit back and be entertained. It is. It, it's almost like going to see a show for an hour and a half. It's just Absolutely. the fact that you're on a trolley and uh, uh, going into a, a burial ground is almost, almost incidental. You know, you're just being entertained. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for those who you know, a history buffs. Is, is there a history in these tours? Yes. We, we try, we try not to just be kind of reciting facts and figures. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the world of tourism has changed over the last, you know, seven or eight years in particular, where 10 years ago, 15 years ago, if you went on a tour, you know, people wanted facts and figures. They wanted to see you know, what was the highest building or when was something built or how many rooms does it have? Mm-hmm. These days, everybody's got Wikipedia. Yeah. So, you know, what, what people tend to um, enjoy more or at least respond to more are the, the stories, the tales, the entertainment. So, yes, there is history. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in, in Copse Hill, we, we, we show people one of the uh, uh, burial stones that has got bullet holes in it left by the British. Oh, wow. uh, damn British. Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah. unfortunately, that was the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead's here, and we've got to wrap it up. Uh, we want to thank you, Chris, for being with us tonight. You were a great guest, uh, mm-hmm. great stories, and uh, Ann and I are eventually going to get on one of those tours. Uh, probably in yes. the weather turns a little better, right? Yes, we are. Yeah. You know it. Excellent. Well, you, you know where we are. You know how to get hold of me, and you're more than welcome anytime. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Anything else you want to uh, conclude with? Just uh, thank you for inviting me on the show. It, it's been a, a delight talking to you. I, I hope everybody else enjoyed it. And I'm sure they did. Come on and see us, ghostsandgravestones.com. Uh, come out and do a tour with us. It'll be a lot of fun. There you go. All right. We, that was pretty good. Uh, you know, it was enjoyable and uh... You know, at least, Chris, uh, at least you can do your tours out, out in Wales. They're on lockdown now. So, yeah, uh, wow. totally can't you can only get essential items. You can't even get like paper or anything. If you want to get newspaper or, or printer paper, you can't even get that. So anyways, wow. we got to go. Chris, thank you so much. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick right here on Tojinet and Pararex Radio and wherever else this fine broadcast is played. Our uh, show has been sponsored by Circles to Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, and the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street in North Andover, Massachusetts. And if you like the show and you want to keep it coming, uh, you can also become a patron of the show. Uh, we never put that link up. we got to put that link up somewhere. So, yeah. Huh? Uh, anyway. Ann and I just did a, a new video for the uh, our Patreon listeners, uh, Patreon listeners like uh, Susan Brown and uh, Anna Isabel LaRoche and uh, Craig uh, uh, DeGroote. DeGroote, thank DeGroote. you. Yeah, anyway. So, good night, everyone. God bless and uh, stay Happy safe. Happy Halloween! <laughs> good night. <laughs>
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.